Radio, and you're here with Lori Dyerhood. And Lauren Smith. Yes. And we welcome you to our show today, and we don't have a guest. It's just me and her. <laughs> she is the guest. Yes. Um, so we are here tonight. We're going to do a live Q&A. So if you have questions for myself or Lori, um, our experiences, our stories, our plans, our beliefs in Bigfoot, whatever, um, bring your questions, type them in all caps, and we will answer them live. So we are looking forward to uh, to your questions, and we're looking forward to seeing what the chat can get up to tonight. So um, until then, we're honestly just going to chat <clears throat> uh, between between ourselves here and kind of see uh, what we can what we can get into. Yeah, we did a show together last night on Discover Sasquatch, sorry, Discover Sasquatch with Chris Reinhardt. Um, he was great. It was a really great show, so you guys can kind of go over there and, and watch that show if you want to see, a, you know, a more formal interview setting for us. But um, other than that, you know, we're just going to hang out here tonight and kind of chit-chat and tell our stories and answer some questions, so... Well, we're going to try. We're going to try. <laughs> so yes. I'm going to go ahead and do, since we are doing Q&A and um, people from the chat. Um, so far, we have a few people in there. We have Gary Spikes. Hello. Claude Nall. Hello. Hi, Claude. And Bear O'Brien. Hi, Bear. Hi, Hi Gary. Bear. We are happy to have you guys here. Thank you for being here. So, Okay. I have a question for you that I thought of in the shower earlier. Hey, that's not even fair. I wasn't even thinking about questions. <laughs> okay, so... She so puts me on the spot. I do. I made her do the intro at the last second. I was yeah. like, all right, bring us in. It was great. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Was there a point in your Bigfoot research career where you were fed up with the topic and just kind of wanted to give up. Oh, yeah. I think anybody that goes at it, like, 199% mm -hmm. gets burnt out. Yeah. And I, I, there were several times that I took a break, but, you know, all my life I have had different interests and hobbies, uh, but this one's been the longest, and I keep coming back to it. Mm -hmm. I just can't seem to... Uh, Walk away Shake from it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's always, always something I'm thinking about. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I figured. I mean, for me, I've noticed over the years that I definitely get fed up because I've been doing this 20 years without a sighting. Um, so, I feel like for me. That would be discouraging. I get fed up a lot, but every time I'm ready to just walk away, sometimes because of Bigfoot community politics, but other times just for the research itself. It's stalled. It's in a rut. It's not going anywhere. <clears throat> um, it seems like around that time I'll have something happen, some activity on a expedition that just reignites that flame and, you know, here we go. Um, we're, we're on, so. And I've noticed that, uh, it always happens, too. Mm -hmm. When you are at that point where you're just fizzling out and you just think, well, I don't even care about it anymore. I mean, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Um, but then something will happen mm -hmm. that bring you right back in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, definitely. It's kind of different than ghosts. You know, I used to ghost hunt paranormal investigate I guess you would call it and um, and I really really liked it but the thing about ghosts is they might show up and they might not and Sasquatch <clears throat> it's about the same except you do get some kind of encouragement you'll hear a vocal or hear something or smell something mm -hmm. I mean you get something other than a no-show yeah. Like with uh, paranormal, right? So. Yeah. Um, all right. We have our first question. Gary Spikes wants to know: Do you always go looking, or just go camping and let them come to you? Um. Well, I kind of have this thing that I like to do. I like to venture away from the camp during the day, mm -hmm. and I know this is kind of personal, but a lot of times I'll 
urinate while I'm out there on the trail. <clears throat> I make her do it. You know, it's we're telling you guys like it is. I don't yeah. feel I don't, I don't believe in holding back uh, research valuable methods. information. Valuable information <laughs> for you guys. I don't believe in holding that back. Now, for women, this we encourage this. For men, it might work the other way. I think it does work the other way with yeah. men, but with women, it just it seems to bring interest, mm -hmm. and so. <clears throat> And so anyway, uh, also, staying at camp, I find it's a lot more uh, successful mm -hmm. than going out into the woods. and Because you want them to come to you. It's just like car uh, research. You know, mm -hmm. when you go in your car and you just stay in the car and you put the recorder on top, you wouldn't believe what comes up. And you could sit there and say, oh, this place is dead. Right. But it's not. I mean, you, you get home, find out you've got growling and mm -hmm. crawling up and all these other <laughs> sounds on your recorder. So you actually did have activity, but you didn't think you had anything there. Exactly. So anyway, yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I think staying put's best because yeah. that gives them control. And they don't want to really come out and be seen. Not, right. They just want to look at you. Well, I mean, that's what we do. We go um, hike away from camp during the day, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, look for sign, look for evidence, just look for, you know, the area. We usually research the area before we go to make sure it looks like it could support a Bigfoot, um, the habitat. But uh, when we get there, we kind of go look around, see, you know, just if it's a good... Mm -hmm good location for Bigfoot and then we come back to camp around dark um, we hang out we talk um, pretty much act like we're having a good time and not paying attention and then we kind <clears> of <throat> yeah. we are paying attention definitely looking over each other's shoulders talking looking for eye shine if there's any way you can yeah. pitch your tent on a game trail that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh not at the toadstone because I, I feel like I had something walk into my tent it was terrifying um, so, if that answers your question, and then uh, Bear O'Brien said, what is your favorite Bigfoot encounter either of you have heard that's not yours? Mm. Mm. Did you want me to start? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I think my favorite one was in Red River County, Texas. And uh, I've always wondered about the Red River and what kind of activity they may have. I mean, I camped on the Red River for 15 years, never had anything, heard a mountain lion, yeah. that's about it. So I wondered, you know, but anyway, this report came out of Red River, and what it was was a hunter's camp. This guy was staying in an old school bus with several other people, and um, it was night, and in the middle of the night, this bus just starts rocking. Well, he thinks it's the other campers jacking with him. I mean, uh, he doesn't really think it's what it ended up being. Well, he come out that door flip, you know, and he came out and he ran face first into a wall of fur or hair. Mm -hmm. he Literally his see. face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he got or had a real close encounter. And, of course, it, you know, he just fell backwards and crawled backwards up the stairs like something in The Exorcist just to get mm -hmm. away from it. Um, he knew it was, he never could see it really. Um, and he wasn't really paying attention that anything was there because it was as dark as the night and he was looking for people. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that that's my favorite encounter that was not mine. second-guessing my encounter now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Honestly, one of my favorite encounters that's not mine is yours. And it's the belly-crawling Bigfoot. Oh. It's just utterly terrifying, and, and, you know, that one is my favorite. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell about that? Oh, look how this works. <laughs> it's her encounter, and i got to tell it. I'll tell it, though. Well, no, you will mess it up, I know, because, all right, let's see if you could tell it without... Ouch, well, no pressure. Rude. Get... <laughs> Rolled that way. 
So my favorite encounter is of um, my mom's, and she and her friend were sitting out on the front porch at Booger Hill, where she lives. And um, it was, wasn't it a full moon or a partial yeah, moon? Yeah, it was full moon, but the clouds were uh, constantly moving over the moon. So it would get real dark, then it'd get light, and then it'd get dark, you know, that kind of thing. Do you want me to go ahead and talk? Okay. It's your show. Take it away, legend. Okay. Well, anyway, we were, you know, waiting for Bigfoot, and we were just kind of chatting up there and everything, talking normally, acting normally. And we were hoping one would come. And, of course, you know, this woman that was with me, I swear she's a magnet. She, you know, they, they just are very attracted to her. So, anyway, uh, we had a big oak tree about 50 foot from the porch. And we were noticed that we saw eye shine behind the oak tree. But then, as the moon came out, you could see a hand and an arm coming around and part of the body and then it would come around on the other side. I mean, there was no doubt about it. There was a Sasquatch behind that tree. And so we're just all tickled about that. And so we're watching him move from this side to this side and everything. And uh, silly us, you know, we said, come on over a little closer. And uh, we just kept saying, come on. It's okay. Come a little closer where we can see you. <laughs> Hi, Luke. Hey! <laughs> okay, continue. Um, come a little closer. Come a little closer. Thank baby. you. For, baby. No, I didn't say baby. <laughs> I was singing the song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the moon... You know, went behind clouds, it got really dark, we couldn't really see anything going on and everything like that. And I don't know if it was that we heard something maybe make a small noise. Even though I was recording, it really didn't pick up this thing belly crawling. And when that moon come out, I looked over there and she had said something about, ah, I wonder if it's going to belly crawl over here. And I go, oh, I hope not. And, well, when the moon came out. Oh. <laughs> when the moon came out. <laughs> okay, when the moon came out. Don't I saw, distract her anymore. Really, please. <laughs> I can only do one thing at a time. When the moon came out. I saw the square coming across the ground between the oak tree and our porch. And it was moving very slowly, but it was moving, and it was a silvery-looking kind of a square. And I said, what is that? And she says, it's him. He's belly crawling over here. And, I, you know, I don't have good night vision, so I was, like, trying to picture that. And then I could see the arms. And I'm like, holy cow. Well, he's just coming closer and closer. Well, this was her first encounter. And she was just practically sitting in my lap. She was just, she was the closest to him. And <laughs> she was doing this, you know. And um, I said, I kept asking her, do you want to go in? And she's going, no. And um, <clears throat> so finally, finally she just yelled out at him, stop. Don't come any closer. And he stopped. Because I looked to see if he was still moving. He wasn't moving anymore. And then she goes, please don't come any closer. And about that time, he just starts backing up. The same way he came forward. It was so bizarre. I'm not kidding. It's almost unreal to me. And um, he went back over to behind the tree, I guess. Because the moon was going was out and then not, out and then not. We couldn't see him at all, but I did see like this bush moving. And then I got to thinking about it, and bush was moving right next to the oak tree, pretty close to it. And I got to thinking about it, there's no bush out there. And uh, I realized it was him. And he had, now was in a sitting position, profile, 
and he was just bobbing back and forth. And we're talking about it, and we're like, uh, you know, it, this is way too wild. And uh, he started bobbing faster and faster, and we both started, Hi, Brian Wallen. <laughs> Uh, he, he started moving faster and faster. It just felt so strange, and she was so scared. And, and I said, well, let's just go on in the house. And I don't know how long he was out there, because when we went back, he was gone. Mm -hmm. On the recording, you can hear us leaving and going into the house, and you hear this kind of, like that. And I'm thinking he was just, put out with us, mm -hmm. crazy women telling him first to come over, then telling him, no, turn around, go back. Yeah. And then when he just minding his own business, sitting there bobbing up and down very fast, uh, we just get up and go in the house. We don't even say goodbye. And that was my last encounter, actually. And that was 13 years ago. Yeah, a good one to end on. I hope that you don't end on it, though. I hope that you have another encounter. Oh, I do, too. I'm always waiting for that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's my favorite encounter because it is a prolonged encounter um, with visual and, you know, all that. But just the spider crawling up there, like the belly crawling, has always freaked me out a lot. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, that's actually why I started my little Night Colors merch line of Night Crawlers. First of all, because uh, everybody has mixed up Night Callers and Night Crawlers since we started the show. Oh, yeah. And so it was kind of a funny about that. And then also the um, the Night Crawlers, and it's a picture of a Bigfoot doing a belly crawl, spider crawl. So um, and <laughs> it's, a, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's that's the creepy, you know, those are the creepier experiences. And um but yeah, that's one of my favorites. Another one is, um, well, I was going to tell, I don't know, there's just, there's so many that we've heard over the years that well, are just amazing. I have amazing. seen Belly crawling one other time when we saw that. That thing that, across the, the road. road. That crossed the road. Because yeah. we were, it was me and my neighbor. I talked her into going with me because I was always <laughs> wanting to go out there, but I didn't want to go completely alone. So anyway, we were coming back from the research area, and we saw, like, pink eyes mm -hmm. down on the road. And as we got closer, the headlights hit on it, and you could see that it was a long, black, well, I guess a Sasquatch, but he was so flat. I mean, mm -hmm. he didn't look like he was that, you know, like he'd stretched out. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird, and he had his head turned and he was doing, he was traveling on his toes and fingers. And he just went across the road. And I asked the girl that was with me, hey, did you see that? She goes, yeah. I go, what did you see? She goes, you first. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, I said, no, I know what I saw. You have to tell me what you saw. She goes, I don't know what it was, but it was like traveling on its she goes, I don't know what it was. It was just long and black, and it had, like, red eyes, and it went across the road. That's creepy. Yeah. Like, that's really creepy. But, you know, I think they're just so powerfully built. Mm -hmm. And they're so strong. Their yeah. hands, even their toes. Mm -hmm. So. I had somebody try to explain that in the chat last night, and I couldn't follow it. Um, something about their core their core strength or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. Um, uh -oh. I guess I couldn't be a Bigfoot because I I have terrible core strength. Oh, me too. <laughs> um, okay. We've got a few. Um, Luke said, I listened to that encounter happen over the phone. Great encounter. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, Claude wants to know, do you think that the two of you going out as mother and daughter brings more activity. Hmm. I think so. I think so. I think two women being out there mm -hmm. um, definitely, you know, causes more activity just because we're not as threatening. We're more nurturing and soft looking at least. Um, and I'm very soft. <laughs> and, 
Um, honestly, when we go, we have a really good time. We laugh a lot. We um, just hang out and we're very chill, but we have a good time together. And I think that attracts them. And then also, mm -hmm. um, and we're very comfortable together because we've been together all our lives. So, yeah. you know, there's not, you know, any kind of tension at all. No. And yeah, I think. and I think, you know, um, going out as mother and daughter for us specifically, we are, we've been research partners for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we have a great dynamic, um, that we have and we, we can non-verbally speak to each other, um, about what's going on around us. And, um, at least right now and, dumb. <laughs> and, um, and, um, if y'all are taking a shot every time I say, um, you're going to die. That's, that's I'm all overdose. I need, I, it's the only way I get my brain well, back I, on track. Well, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, well, good. So, um, but yeah, I think that we, we kind of have a, not a leg up on anybody, but we have a good thing going, uh, when we go out together because we, we, we pretty quickly agree on a course of action for the evening, you know, like, are we going to try to call in some owls? That's one of our favorite things to do. We'll call mm -hmm. in owls. Or are we going to be silent? Um, mm -hmm. You know, we try different things in different places. And, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. Honestly, there's, there's a lot of reasons to support why it is we have more activity. Oh, um, look at that. What are you doing, Mr. Oh. Russell? <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Um, yes, rest in peace to Claudia Ackley for sure. Um, that yes. was heartbreaking. Um, thank you, Chris, for joining us tonight. Uh, we just gave you a shout out about last night's show because it was a great interview. Um, the story of Brian Goslin, the retired police officer, and his encounter, that was good. Um, we've actually had him on the show to tell that um, encounter years ago. So that'll be one of the archived episodes. Um, okay. <clears throat> If you could go squatching in any place in the world, where would you go? <clears throat> well, that's hard because there's several places I would love to go. I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah, I would like to fully research there. I didn't really get to actually get out and research there. Um, the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah, I was there for Beachfoot and stuff like that, but I didn't really get to go out with anybody yeah. and research. Um, for me, it would be Alaska. <gasps> yeah. Um, and then third would be um, Florida. And Bear is looking for the answer, and I would definitely want to go look for Yowie in Australia. 100%. Yeah. Hoping we can get Bear over here. Yeah, that was a loaded question, I figured. So, um, I'm hoping we can get Bear over here to research with us and knock out a few of those places, and then we'll go back with him to Australia. And well, I have, a, I have a question for the people in our chat. Okay. So, do you think Miss Ackley, Miss Ackley, Miss Ackley, Miss Ackley died suspiciously? All you got to do is write suspicious conspiracy or, mm -hmm. uh, you don't have an opinion or whatever, but I'm curious to see what people say. Right. That okay. Was, it was definitely a little weird, um, um, but, you know, we're definitely holding her family up in prayer and yes. wishing them the best. Rest in peace, Claudia. Yes. Um, Jason King. Uh, um, Hi, Jason. Jason, what's your old screen name? Um, oh, it was... Texas... Millimeter. Texas Millimeter. Texas yeah. 9 Millimeter, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, sorry, Gizmo. <laughs> he scared me. <laughs> I stepped on my dog's tail. Anyway, um, he uh, he said Dead End Road. For sure. That's where he'd go. Really? Yeah, he said we need to go back there, and I think we do, because the last time we went there, we Texas 7 Millimeter. I was close. Um, <laughs> see, I remembered it from that long ago, over uh -huh. a decade. I always remember his dad, Rifle. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, skinny Blink Girl. She's just, she's in here still. This makes me happy. Um, but yeah, I, 
I, uh, okay, let's see, what do we got? Oh, um, yes. So, uh, someone said Ireland. Um, you know, that would be cool to go look for the wood woes. And, um... Upper Michigan. Upper Michigan. I'm, I'm down. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of Ohio. Is it a big one on my list, actually? Yeah. Um, because I've never, I've been to Kentucky, but not Ohio to research. I would like to go to Salt Fork when there is a million other researchers there. Yes, definitely that. Okay. All right. So, tell us about you getting touched by the Bigfoot in the tent. Mm. He, he, he made that, uh, he made that, maybe I just <laughs> was in the gutter for a minute. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I just got it. <laughs> Slow on the uptake today, I'm telling you. Okay. Um, actually, I was with uh, uh, Jason and his dad and Pat Rance, Rhonda Rita, and I don't remember if there was anybody else camping there, but we were at Boykin Springs, Texas. We were camped down close to the creek, and... <clears throat> Anyway, that night, everybody crashed, you know, and I'm sleeping on a slope. My friend, she put hers this way, but I was sleeping this way, and the slope was going, which was dumb. And I'm just... that last time we went camping? I don't know. You never can get it right the first night. So, anyway, <laughs> um, my uh, tent, my sleeping bag kept... You know, I kept sliding down my cot, and my foot would hit the side of the tent and just actually bow it out a little bit. Well, then I would reach up and pull myself back up. Then I'd start sliding again, and I was sleeping on a sleeping bag with a blanket. And anyway, so my foot was hitting that tent wall, and then I felt pressure, but I thought it was just the tent wall but then when I went to move my foot something actually was squeezing the outside of the, like this and uh, when I realized that I was being touched <laughs> got all excited no <laughs> I freaked out <laughs> and <laughs> anyway I freaked out and I cut, I cut up in a fetal position, and I stayed that ears. way. <laughs> yeah. So. so she ended up in the fetal position for the rest of the night, basically yeah. um, just keeping her feet away from, yeah. you know. But we did find tracks, you know, around the creek. And it, if I remember right, I think they were coming back up to the tent. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so anyway, yeah, but I remember thinking, ah, oh, it's them messing with me, but I could hear every single person snoring. Mm -hmm. We were camped that close together. So I counted the snores and wasn't nobody accountable for this. And mm -hmm. so, was it a Bigfoot? Do I want to think it was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one was, that one, every single time I go camping, after hearing her tell that so many years ago, um, every time I go camping, I wait to feel something touch me, you know, I've, because more times than I can count, I've had something walk by and touch the tent and just, zzz, you know, down the side more times than I can count. That started in Falk. That was the first, um, time that ever happened to me. And then ever since it's like, I, I can, I'm fine tuned to it. And then sometimes, you know, cause you can tell when a pine, uh, pine needles fall or leaves or, you know, small sticks, but this is like. Like it's walking down the side and, you know, touching your tent. And it could be a small animal, but it happens mm -hmm. a lot. Um, the last time it happened, something was actually walking across the tarp that I had slung over the back of my tent to keep rain out. And it was walking and sniffing. Where was this at? And that was a toadstone. Okay. So mm -hmm. in the Kaimichi Mountains, um, or winding stair area, actually. And so, yeah, something was walking, like stepping very lightly. And you'd think it wouldn't step on the tarp, but it was a downpour of rain, and the creek next to me was flowing, um, like, I mean, just flowing so hard you couldn't hear yourself think. So I couldn't hear anything over the rain. 
um, like I'm used to when I'm researching. And then, except I heard something step on the tarp lightly, and I was like, maybe that's just rain. And I was in there alone, and then I hear sniffing, like snuffling. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but it needs to go on. <laughs> like it was, it was very scary. That was the night I had some other issues um, at that location. It was just, it's a very eerie area. Um, so uh, anyway, so that happened. Um, Chris Reinhardt said the serial serial killer cabin. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. No, <laughs> I do not want to go back. Um, Joe Fox is here. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. And Bigfoot Society. So bye, JB. He had to go. Yep. Okay. Are y'all interested in doing research on other cryptid creatures? Good answer, Alan. Or, I mean, good answer. Good question. Good question. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um. If you could research any other cryptid besides Bigfoot, mm. Jersey Devil. I mean, you guys, saw, you, you may have seen that one. You want to tell about that? The Jersey Devil. Yeah, and um. Where were you? Delaware or wherever? You and your sister saw it at the oh. drainage ditch. Oh, no, I wasn't there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did not see it, but they okay. claimed to have seen a dragon. Oh, okay. But <clears throat> that doesn't lead, lend a lot of credence to <laughs> our family. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Jason King said black cats, like... Do you mean like panthers? Like, the, there's no panthers and or mountain lions yeah. anywhere. And I'm like, yes, there are. Well, um, you know, I guess I should be a little more open-minded and think about researching other things. Because up until, um, you know, I started believing in Sasquatch before, I, well, when I was first beginning to believe, I was scared of them. Mm -hmm. You know, so anything you don't know anything about, you're kind of scared of. I'm kind of scared of dog men. I really don't want to do that. No. Mine would be um, the Thunderbird, I think. Oh, now that's interesting. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of sightings. A lot more sightings of witness reports than you would think on those. Um, but they grab people. <laughs> so do Bigfoot. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Dogman, Rougarou, you know, stuff like that. I just... Mm -hmm. I got a werewolf aversion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the uh, werewolf in London movie scarred me for life when I was little. So, um, Loch Ness. Loch really? Yeah, I'd like, like underwater cryptids. I would just love to stay in Scotland. <laughs> it's it's cryptids, mom. The question is about cryptids. What about a? Um, yeah, but a Loch Ness is a cryptid. Yes. Not. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. You just want to go to Scotland? So do I. Let's hey, go. Yes, go. Okay, <laughs> next question. All right. Okay, what is the best sound you ever heard at the Dead End Road by Luke Gross? Okay, go ahead. Have you heard any sound at the Dead End? The Dead End is a dead end. Scary. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think I have because all I can think of is... Um, all I can think of is when we went to the dead end the last time, and we had, um, I did my siren scream, and I, so I was practicing this siren scream, just an all-out scream from the bottom of my soul. It's great. <laughs> um, so I was practicing that, and, uh, when I did it, it was the first time, first noise we had made out there, and I just let loose, and the entire forest shut up. Bugs, frogs, animals, everything went dead. And I was so proud of myself because I felt like a Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but other than that, we had, we were there that same night. And after I did that and the forest came back alive, we had um, an owl come up and he was talking to us. Like literally we would do an owl call he would do it back, and then we would do his, and then he would do it back. But each of us, like my mom, myself, Adam, Xander, um, Janelle, and her grandkids were there. And we each did a call, and he would respond to every single person's call. He was a chatty Kathy. 
Um, but that, I mean, it was obviously, we could see him. We could see the owl. Like, it was definitely an owl. So it's not really Bigfoot related, but that's my favorite memory of the dead end. Uh, the time before that, I went and fell asleep. Like, I, I literally fell asleep in the truck. So... I think um, that the best, and I never got it recorded, because back in then I didn't have a recorder, was when the very first time anybody Bigfoot-related was ever at the dead end. And I mean, this was like 2001. And of course there was probably maybe Bigfoot researchers before that, but an actual group going out there and doing their calls. And it was like we had hit virgin territory. Now it's like totally over-researched and, and pretty dead, you know, to me, yeah. I think it is. The past few years even, it's but just been kind of dead. That first night, we, you know, you've heard of uh, Bigfoot morphing from one animal to another, and we were getting Vocally. that. Yeah, we would get like what sounded like a rooster crowing along with a, a donkey sound. And, uh, you know, just weird, really, really weird. And it was on both sides. And it it was just incredible um, what happened. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I would say the best vocal song I ever got was the very first time yeah. that we did something down there. That place is active sometimes, but it's creepy all the time. Dead yes. End and Boykin Springs. Mm -hmm. It's just got a feeling there. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes it's really heavy, and sometimes it feels more ghosty than Bigfoot, yeah. and it just kind of swaps back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Um, all right. Hold up. Okay. All right. Jean Hudson would like to know, have you, have you heard them laugh? Is it so deep your chest hurts? It is so deep, your chest hurts. I'm sorry. I have never heard a laugh. But I've heard other people say, you know. Um, I heard a story. Now, I don't know how reliable it is. But it was the same guy that had the Hanobi incident, you know, where uh, they were being attacked and everything. And um, he said that he stepped over a log one time and that he heard laughing behind him and that there had been one laying down next to the log and he had stepped over nope. it. Nope. I would have yeah. vacated everything I've no. ever eaten. Yeah, well. Forcefully. <laughs> and left a lot of DNA evidence behind on my way out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. That's terrifying. All right. Have y'all ever talked to Native Americans about Bigfoot? By Alan Lasseter. Good question, Alan. Yes. Yes. I've talked to quite a few different tribes. Um, mm -hmm. I've interviewed researchers who were Native American. I've interviewed researchers who have talked to Native Americans. Um, I've talked to non-Bigfoot anybody about it. Um, there was a Navajo member that told us that he, you, in his in his culture, you don't talk about Bigfoot. You do not talk about it. They are... Um, basically uh shunned or banned they're you know the shadow band of the shadow realm or however he put it mm -hmm. and he said um it's taboo you don't talk about it because it, it you just you don't talk about those people the shadow people um so it was that was a non-bigfoot person that i had talked to about it and um he said his elders you know they tell them about it but they shut it down you don't talk about it um i have a very good friend named dan ricky who has talked to a lot of Native Americans about Bigfoot, and it's really come away with a lot of stories from Oklahoma, especially. And so, but I've also talked to some people that were Native, and uh, they were willing to talk about it. I've yet to say, see anybody that goes, we don't speak of that. So, I know. Um, but I haven't ever met a Navajo either. So. Yeah, but you know, I think Brenda Harris, isn't she Navajo? And she talks all about it. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that's different. Families have different values, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, do y'all do any foot casting? 
I sure would if I could find one. <laughs> I am terrible at seeing tracks. And I've had, uh, I, I came across one track, and of course I knew that the Sasquatch had just been there and just left that track. And I, I was three miles from the house, no passing material, anything like that. So I walked away from it. And it was the best track I ever saw. It was absolutely perfect. But then I've seen others that... I took a cast, but I wasn't real sure it really was a track. It just didn't... Mm -hmm. I don't know. didn't look right. So, anyway. No. Yeah, I do. I have the stuff. Mm -hmm. But, unfortunately, I didn't on that day. I'm going to piggyback off of her. and I've only found one track that was worth casting and I of course didn't have any materials with me and I also had two rambunctious little boys with me so it was kind of like keeping them out of the trackway was my main objective besides taking pictures and documenting it. Um, I carry a tape measure in my pocket at all times for the reason of documenting the size you know photo wise that day I did not have a tape measure I could have put my foot down but I was mom mode you know um, but I wasn't out there to research. I was out there around Fout just hiking with the kiddos. So, um, not that I'm not always on the lookout. Clearly, I found that one. Um, but uh, now that I know about Mike Ann, he has a, a digital casting app um, that can take a digital uh, 3D digi digital rendering of what you're taking a picture of. That's what I And I'm like, if I wish I would have had that for that picture. Um, yes. It was really great. It was, uh, it was a really great track. Honestly, I showed one of the locals, Stephen Hill, um, and I sent it to him, and I said, is this what I think it is? I said, you know, I want a second pair of eyes because I followed the trackway, actually. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, he said, that's a female's foot. So he said, excuse me, in the Falk area, they're longer and skinnier than the males. <laughs> so, all right. So, have you ever been to Brown Springs, Oklahoma by Gary Spikes? No. I've heard some really <laughs> serious yeah. stories about that place. Yeah. But then when I look at videos and pictures of it, and I talk to people and they say, well, that happened to us while we were there. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that this place... Um, but I've never been there personally, so I can't vouch for the feeling of just like something's wrong mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of people say about it yeah um i've never been again i've heard stories right along with her i've had um, guests on that have talked about their experiences there but i have not been um because of the criminal aspect of brown springs like it's a, not a very it's a very unsavory place uh human wise and so i you know it's not really high up on my bucket list so Gary, I don't, if you want to confirm or deny that, that I mean, that's fine. But, um, no, I definitely haven't. haven't I would like there. to go. Seriously. I would. And just like my, my bestie, Logie, Logan Crass, Logie, mm -hmm. so-called. Logie Bear. Him and Stephen James have camped down at the dead end. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that's a place nobody would camp at. Yeah. And I've always wanted to camp there, and I was just... The next time they're going, I'm going. Mm -hmm. Even though it's been kind of dead. But you just never know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Gary said, you're right. It is bad, but there's a lot of activity there for us. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, Alan wants to know, what is your favorite equipment to take? Alan, you're just awesome. You have the best questions. He does. He's always had great questions. Um, <laughs> let's see. Mine is, of course, my Sony and Bion my Sony recorder and my Bionic ear mm -hmm. and a, a Bionic microphone. And, and that's what I really love to take more than anything else because I bring all the stuff, GoPro, uh, H2 Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, I bring all this stuff, but I'm just down to basics. I like that Sony and I like that Bionic ear. And that's my mm -hmm. favorite. Um, I mean, equipment-wise, I guess it would be a recorder, mm -hmm. um, just to have it on hand. Uh, I do bring a GoPro 
sometimes I strap it on, sometimes I don't. Um, my recorder, it's hit or miss, you know, I just, I she guess. She never listens to the audio. I really. don't. I, re, I am terrible. I mean, you record, you got to listen to the audio. Well, I'll send it to you. You can listen to it for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, I, I haven't. I heard. have like my own, you know, 16 yeah. hours. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't mastered audacity yet, and, or I do it that way. Um, but, you know, for me, it's um, my hunter's ears. Uh, those help me when I'm in the tent alone and I can listen to what's walking up on me. Um, my headlamp, because... Not that I use it a lot while we're sitting there or walking around, but I have it, you know, that's kind of my first form of defense, and then my second would be, you know, my gun. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not really a tech person. I'm not, I don't have night vision, I don't have thermal, I, I probably wouldn't use them if I had them, I, I just... Yeah, but she does like to hike. Yeah. And that's like, you know, if you can hike and you like to hike, that's a serious way to, to learn things, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I just, uh, I'm definitely, I don't know, I, I, I'm not a tech person, uh, gear-wise, you know, my backpack, yeah. um, my measuring tape that I forgot to use the one time I found a track, I, I'm telling you, like, I'm, <laughs> I am not the perfect researcher, I do not claim to be, um, at no, this point, either. I've been doing it so long, I document with photos, so my phone, my camera on my phone, um, I document with photos when I do see something, um, my notes app, I keep notes of where I am, um, and what has occurred during that outing. Um, so my, I, I guess my phone is my, my research yeah. tool because I, I use it. I use the bird app on there to identify what birds are around. That is really a cool app. Because too. last time we were at Toadstone, we had something out in the woods making noise during the day and I held up my bird app because it was it was, it was it suspicious. Was it was suspicious, and my bird app would not register it. And if you have the Merlin Bird ID app, it registers everything. Like, you could have, you know, a little chickadee way off and barely hear it, and that app will pick up on it. Yeah. So for this thing to be across the creek making that noise, and my app well, not it, know what it, it was. it sounded like barred owl. It, but, but not. That, that, yeah, but, but that not. app would not recognize it as a barred yeah. owl. Which is very, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of like a backup, yeah. you know, of your own. And I will say this also, that what you hear with your naked ears mm -hmm. and what that recorder picks up will be two, almost two different things. You, when you're sitting in the dark of the woods and you've got coyotes screaming all around you, let me tell you, it doesn't sound like coyotes. Mm -mm. But if yeah. you have a recorder going, you can go back and listen and go, oh, doggone, we got all excited over a bunch of coyotes. Mm -hmm. Because you can recognize yeah. uh, that it's an audio imprint of coyotes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I think that recording is really important. Recording is, is very important. And I, I usually, pretty much every time I'm out, I have a recorder going. Do I listen to it? No. Um, not instantly or even a year later. I know, but, I still have. <laughs> I mean, um, but I do have it out. Uh, so if there is something, I catch it. Um, yeah. Last time. If there was something like really cool, like we, when we were at Toadstone, we heard a really strange noise. Out in the woods, I can't even describe it. But I wasn't recording yet. And yeah. it wasn't even dark. Mm -hmm. I always have it going before always. it starts to get dark. You know, maybe mm -hmm. about six. And I would have caught it. And then I could have gone back and listened and said, oh, that's yeah. what that is, right? Rifle is listening, so. Yes. Hi. Um, he's listening Hi, over Rifle. the phone. <laughs> um, Jason said, is it a 600-pound owl? Yes, we yeah. believe it was. Um, <laughs> something. It was something over there making a really weird noise. Um, yeah, I know, Digger Dog. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, you know, getting... Um, transferred over and then to where I can listen with my earbuds and um because that's about the only way I'm going to listen and even then it's just yeah it's just it, I, I I will pay somebody to listen to recordings for me because I'm I just 
The thought of doing that crumples my soul because uh, I know, I know after 20 years of doing this and not having a sighting and having activity that gets you excited, but it's not the sighting. Audio is just listening to audio that you've recorded is a lot like Bigfoot research. You're going to have a whole lot of nothing before you have that one thing that gets you excited. And yes. you're like, Wah! So unless it's a Bigfoot walking up saying, I am Bigfoot. Um, I just, I don't have it in me to listen to that audio. Like, oh, yeah. but whatever. I tried really hard. <laughs> um, but you know, I, there are times obviously when we'll have something happen, um, at, uh, camp and I'll go home and listen to the timestamp for that audio. Of course, you know, if there's something that's questionable that we really need to know what it is, I'll uh -huh. go listen to it. Um, but if it's, you know, just throughout the night, recording and we didn't have anything there's a low chance I'm gonna go review on that um, yeah I have two children digger dog that are affectionately called the chaos crew and no alone time mm -hmm. so it, listening to that out loud is oh yeah that would be a total waste of time. <laughs> it's not gonna work for me but for someone else yes um, all right Linda Gassaway I believe has a great question do you have any advice for solo camping and hiking? That would be your deal. <laughs> um, I, I mean, a lot of it is um, advice for any person anywhere. Um, be aware of your surroundings. Let somebody know where you're going to go. Exactly. Definitely have your finger on the weather. Have a way to communicate. If you don't have cell service, have a GPS, a garment of some sort that someone can find you. Um park with your nose facing out if you are going to get to your car um be aware of your surroundings is the biggest thing but um yeah let someone know where you are i know when i went i had a very bad experience and it's taken me a little bit to want to get back in the saddle again honestly because it was it was pretty traumatic and so i um i would go to the thrift store and buy the biggest pair of men's rubber boots you can find <laughs> and stick them outside the tent right next yeah. to the door. <laughs> um, I When I went, I was, I had a gun, obviously, but I had my dog with me. Um, that helped a little bit during that situation because I knew that he would hear someone walking up on me, and that's kind of an alarm system that I would rather camp with a dog. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, that now he's deaf, so that wouldn't really do me anything. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, my, that's my advice. And then also, um, you know, keep your head up and stay safe. And it's, it's, it's a rite of passage to me. That's what I was told. Um, it's a rite of passage that you have to do. You probably do it all the time, which is why you asked. But, um I know that uh, when I went, it was very addictive. When I went, I, w I just remember laying in my hammock, surrounded by nature, by myself, and just thinking, this is the most amazing thing in the world, and I want to do it all the time. Um, until I woke up in the middle of the night, it was four in the morning, actually, and I woke up to um, a loud crack crash sound, and it jarred me out of my sleep, and I thought that, I thought it was a Bigfoot pushing a tree over. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, here we go. Yes. And then I heard gunshots. And then I heard, you know, glass breaking and tires popping and all of this horrible, terrifying stuff right below my camp down the ridge. And I realized that it wasn't Bigfoot. Um, it was people. And then I thought, muck. <laughs> then I thought to myself that it was probably my car and which I was like, all right, it's just a car. At least it's not, you know, I'm alive. And um, then I realized what if they come looking for the person who has the car? And that's when I started, free I freaked out and I was laying there shaking and um, holding my dog because he was trying to jump out of the hammock. And um, I had my boots on and my gun ready and I was just like, I'm going to have to take some people out tonight because I'm, I'm not going. It's not my time. So um, that is what happened to me um, when I did my very first solo hiking and camping. It was utterly terrifying. I luckily had uh, one bar of signal that came. It like popped up right as I picked up my phone. I was under my sleeping bag and 
I texted a friend of mine and asked him to call the sheriff, and uh, they got out there and rescued me, but um, first thing, coming down the hill, you know, because my... Call mama, mama. <laughs> I, call mama. I did call when I got to the road, but um, first thing, coming down the hill, um, the guy's like, what are you doing out here by yourself anyway? And... <laughs> I was just like, I'm a wildlife researcher. I said I was out here um, studying, I think I said owls. Oh, yeah. I believe I always say owls. And um, he was like, uh. And I was like, I have a recording of what happened, though. And he's like, you got it on video. And I'm like, no, sir. I said, I have an audio recorder of what happened. And he's like, eh. And so what had happened was... He didn't want to listen to it all either. Yeah, see? Anyway. (laughs) Um, So what had happened was a... um, Someone had stolen a brand new pickup truck, brought it out there, set it on fire, shot at it, all of that stuff. It was not it was not my car, thank goodness, but I did not know that. And in that moment, you know, it was the most scared I've ever been. I was laying in the hammock shaking. And so since then, I tell that story to say since then, I kind of have PTSD from it. So when I am out in the woods, if I hear a vehicle, my body automatically gets really scared and nervous and I I can't go to sleep. Like I wanna know, you know, if we hear a truck come down the road and then the truck um, stops driving, you know, I wanna know where they're at, what they're doing. So the human element terrifies the peas out of me. So make sure that you are safe and aware and smart when you go. Um, but other than that, the Bigfoot element, um, there's nothing. I mean, just be aware of your surroundings. Um, animals, other wild animals, hogs, you know, mountain lions, all of that. Be aware of your surroundings. So that's that's it. Just uh, make sure you can protect yourself in whatever way you feel comfortable. Um, you know, be prepared for the worst, but hope for the best. Okay. Sorry, that was long one. Good night. It was great. All right. Um, Alan Laster, do y'all ever get burned out doing research? So we addressed that at the beginning of the show before you got there, Alan. But, yeah, both of us at various times have kind of, <laughs> like, I'm well, over Especially it. when nothing's happening. I yeah. mean, it's just like, <sighs> yeah. you know, when you, when you first got, when I first got into it, there weren't a lot of people doing it. Mm-hmm. So you could have a lot more activity, but now it's. I don't know, you know, there you, you can't go to a campground you don't hear little kids doing Bigfoot calls. Uh-huh. Because they learned them on TV, you yeah. know. I mean, the Bigfoot are like, mm-hmm. I've had enough of that. And they're going through the deep woods. And so, yeah. yeah. They get burned out on us, I'm quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> I get burned out, and like I said, um, there will be times when I'm plumb fed up. I'm having a crisis of faith. I don't want nothing to do with Bigfoot anymore. The heck with this Bigfoot stuff. Um, the heck with the Bigfoot people. And then I'll have something happen. Activity. Um, something will happen, and it sucks me back in because it's that thrill, yes. you know. The adrenaline. The adrenaline. All right. Alan Lasseter. Miss Lori. Didn't you see a dogman type animal at one time? Oh my goodness, yes. <sighs> yeah. I don't know what it was. But it could have been a dogman. It could have been a snouted Bigfoot. Um, oh, my chair is not cooperating. I apologize. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> but yes, what I did. Happened? At the old Aldridge Mill, it was just a ruin. And we were near. down there. In fact, Jason. Which is near where? Near the dead end. And actually, Jason was with us that day. But Jason wasn't with me when I saw it. Um, They were actually pursuing some um, creature that was doing a really weird owl sound. So they were following it. And that's what I thought was going to come around. And, of course, that place is like a lot of other places. All the equipment, you know... My camera just went dead, totally charged, but I could get it to come on for a second and it would go right back off. So, uh, anyway, (laughs) I could hear the birds sounding off. You know how birds will alert when there's a predator in the area. And so I could hear the birds and they were definitely um, disturbed about something. Wow. I know, you don't have to lean into me now. So anyway, <laughs> you're killing me. 
I just followed it, you know, visually followed it. And as it came around from the spot I'm sitting in, and of course the rest of the people were out in the woods, my uh, friend, she was inside the sawmill ruin, and I was out there all by myself, and I caught something. Go! I was waiting for it. I knew it was coming that way, but I was not expecting what I saw, and it came out into a little clearing, and I saw it from like, maybe the waist up and I saw it for just a few minutes and it was walking extremely straight and had a snout. I cannot honestly say it had ears. I couldn't see this or I don't know. I was just focused for that second on that snout. And then I saw it again. It disappeared. And then it came through another little clearing in the trees, and I saw it again. But this time, he was already turned, and I couldn't see his face, and all I could see was, like, his back. And he looked like a Bigfoot from the back. It's just strange the way he was walking so straight. And he almost kind of reminded me of those, um... Anubis. Anubis. And so, did I see a dog man? I don't know. But, I mean, it didn't look... I don't know. You know, I didn't even want to... I don't really even claim this sighting as anything because yeah. I didn't really see enough. But a lot of people want to say, You saw a dog man. Yeah. You saw a dog man. Yeah. Dog man snouted the big book foot. Mm -hmm. Bigfoot? We don't know. So. They say if you see a dog man, you get bad luck afterwards, and I really did, mm -hmm. especially if you tell about it, and I really did have some serious bad luck mm -hmm. after that, so maybe I saw one. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, we got time for one more question, so. Yeah, guys. we want to go swimming. <laughs> it is real, so I always do my weather report, and I haven't done it. I knew something fell off this show. It is 96 degrees outside with the real feel being 117. It is hot. I walked outside and I was instantly just moist and yeah. just like it's gross outside. I do not consent. I don't like it. So uh, we are going to go get in the pool after this. We would have done the show from the pool if it wasn't so dang hot and our electronics wouldn't have melted. So. Yes. Uh, we would have. Wouldn't that have been something? Both of the electronics that would have been used would have uh, instantly um, shut down from overheating. It is so <laughs> gross outside. And, like you walk to the mailbox and back, and you gotta go take a shower. Yeah. And outside, it feels like if you took a shower and then put your clothes on without drying off. That's what it feels yeah. like outside. It's but see, it's nicer here because at least you have a wind. It might be a it's hot wind. Yeah, it bakes you, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah but at least there's a breeze yeah. down in East Texas. It's just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a sauna. Where her and Ryan are from, it's just humidity. Mm -hmm. It's gross. It, it, you can't no breathe. wind. You can't breathe down there. Uh, yeah, every time I get down there, I have to remind my body that you grew up in this. You grew up in this humidity. You can make it. You can do this. But my body is like, I am suffocating. Go get in a shower. This is gross. So, all right, guys, one more question for the legend or myself or both of us. Um, like I said, we did a um, we did a show last night on Discover Sasquatch. It was great. Um, he asked a lot of great questions, and a lot of great questions about um, our research together, but also just kind of, you know, um, uh, what she wanted me to learn uh, by researching with her and, and things like that. So uh, you guys definitely go check it out. You know, Chris is a great interviewer, so it was a really great show. Really great. All right. Do you have any questions for me? Um, do you love me? I love you. I love you, you so much. Oh. You're my favorite research partner all the time. <laughs> yeah, we do. We Every we get time. along great. Yeah, even though um, there was a while there where you were just kind of like, I, I don't you, I don't remember what it was. There we were kind of we disagreed on how to research. I don't remember what it was. I think 
it was the lights. I, I like to do blackout research, and you were like, well, if you don't have your headlamp on, how are you going to see it? <laughs> Which No, that is, wasn't me. It that was. Or you made that comment or something, because we were, we were out, um, I think it was the Texas Bigfoot Conference, or that area, I think, and you were like, if you don't have lights, how are you going to see it? Well, that might be good <laughs> because of me. I can't see in the dark. It's yeah. awful. <laughs> I have the worst night vision ever. And I probably do want some lights. Yeah. But everyone else out there, if you can go dark, it's best light. Yeah. Mr. Luke Gross says, cold camp. Cold camp. I cold like to have a fire camp. because I feel like um, eye shine. You get more eye shine from a fire than, mm. you know, I feel like they're going to come closer if you don't have lights flashing all over the place, but if you have a fire, you can still catch eye shine. Or um, my dear friend Dennis, he uses tiki torches. Um, so even if we cold camp, he'll have tiki torches set up around camp. So you can see a little bit while you're in camp, but it's dim enough that you can also see eye shine outside of camp. So um, I do have him cut the tiki torches around my tent at night because I like full black. Uh, but at Toadstone, the second night, I went out there and I was like, Dennis, can you put an extra three tiki torches around my tent? Because it was so creepy. It was a very creepy area. Um, it's my favorite area, though. So we'll be back probably next weekend. Mm -hmm. If it's not 117 degrees outside, it's going to be. Probably so. Actually, I think it's supposed to rain on Friday. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. So um, thank you all. For joining this live Q&A. Let us know down Thank in the you. comments what you thought about it, if you have any other questions, and if you want us to do this again. So uh, thank you all. We are uh, glad to see some new faces in the chat for sure. Hope yeah. you guys ah. like and subscribe um, and you know catch my next shows. Um, she is the original Nightcaller. So she is the one who started this show and then trusted the legacy to me. So she is there in the chat every Wednesday supporting me or every other Wednesday supporting me. She is the one uploading the Nightcaller's Archives episodes um, from when we first started Nightcaller's. And there's so much great information in those episodes, really? you guys. There like, really we try is. to tell you, this was when Nightcaller's was a call-in show um, back in the day. So... The audio is terrible, there's a lag, there's interrupting, there are strong Texas accents, but the information that you can get from these episodes is phenomenal, and a lot of the people that we interviewed are no longer around. They've passed Thanks, on. Lauren. So, um, <laughs> so definitely check out our archived episodes, but uh, I would like to give a huge thanks to this one for starting night colors and uh, making it is what it is today so um, and a huge thanks to Brian who was in the chat earlier for and being, Luke and, and I was getting there and Luke Gross for being some of the original night colors hosts that also helped us to get to where we were yes. today so thank you thank you again everyone for showing up tonight and you know what we always say stay safe and be kind and we'll see you next time.